I think it's time to wish you a happy new year. May 2020 bring you all the success and good fortune and new customers. And possibly most importantly, Simon Littlewood, also prompt payments on your invoices. Unfortunately, 2020 is not necessarily going to look all that positive, particularly as people are forecasting a recession. After all, the argument goes it's been more than 10 years since the last one, and it's almost like the business cycle is, you know, kind of bound to turn and therefore we're going to have tougher times. But that last recession, Simon, was also one which, according to this latest research by American Express, precipitated some changes that we're still grappling with today. This article su seemingly suggests that late payments became prevalent in the wake of the 2008 financial crisis when larger companies, reading from this article, began extending payment terms. The recession is long past, but the practice remains common. So, Simon, a couple of things to pluck apart there. One, did late payments really start with the 2008 recession? Well, uh, clearly not. Uh, you know, any company that knows its onions is careful to hang on to its cash. Uh, I, I would just quibble a little bit. Did they begin extending payment terms, which is the formal agreement on when you pay your suppliers, or did they just begin paying their suppliers later and later? Because that's a, that's a critical difference, yeah? Mm -hmm. Because the point that we would make is, Whatever the terms are that you make, and they need to be carefully negotiated, you should adhere to them. So it, it, to the extent that companies are deliberately not adhering to them, you know, that is a concern. Mm. So the difference between long payment and late payment. Yes. Yes. I mean, look, because we know that different industries have different standard terms associated with them. Some industries have terms as long as four or five months. Some industries have cash terms or, or, or near cash terms. Whatever's appropriate, and that will be a function of geography and business sector, and it does vary f fairly widely around the world, uh, whatever the difference is, whatever is appropriate for your sector and geography, whatever agreement you need to make needs to be adhered to. Yes. So as we're now heading into what possibly might be a year of recession, is there a chance that we will see the same thing again, where companies will say, hey, Simon, I'd like to pay your invoice, but, you know, times are tough and you're going to have to give me an extra month. Yes, I mean, look, uh, you know, the, this, this article doesn't just talk about how companies that have got weight are effectively, use, effectively are able to choose when they pay their supplies because they are large enough to get away with it. Um, that's one thing. Another thing is when you can't pay your suppliers because you can't pay your suppliers because you don't have the cash. Yes. One is an existential issue. One is a... One is a an issue for the analyst where you're trying to make your, your balance sheet look good by choosing to use your market presence to hang on to your cash longer. The other one is an existential issue, which is much more likely to be a case, although not exclusively a case, much more likely to be a case for small companies like SMEs. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So therefore, as we head into a year where, by some estimates, we're going to have slower growth to some extent, we've already seen that because yeah. of the trade war with China, that uh, we're going to, that, that companies, that you listening, have to take steps now to prevent your customers from lengthening their payment terms yet again, either through longer payment or late payments. Once you get into a situation where a customer is routinely paying you within a certain period of days, even if that departs from what at some point was written down, if that goes on for long enough, that is de facto the terms that you have with that customer. And a court would take that view. In the UK, it's called custom and practice. I don't know what it's called here. Whatever you establish as custom and practice, that mm. becomes custom and practice. Yes. So you might have 30 days before the 2008 financial crisis. You, they widened you to 60. 
And if you let them slip to 90, if there is a recession in 2020, then it'll be 90 days throughout the 2020s. That's and you, make, you make a really good point because, because you use the term slip. And it is, and you use the term let them. And that's essentially the issue here. The issue is that so much of the language around getting paid on time is couched in terms of how you react to a company that's paying you late. Well, the answer is if, if you're reacting after they've paid you late, uh, it follows that there's nothing you can do because you've already been paid late. So to the extent that you are able to influence how your customers pay you, that influence needs to occur before the transaction and immediately after the transaction um, by being proactively engaged with them to ensure that the terms are understood and agreed and that any impediment to prompt payment is taken out. Because if you let it slide, and it's being suggested in this article that some companies let it slide in 2008 and beyond, you get to a situation where de facto it's going to be very hard to get it back. Yes. So what should you do? Kind of wag your finger at them and say, you paid me late uh, this time, I won't let you get away with it well, next time? I think time. you know the answer to that. The answer to that is, is, is no. The answer is The answer lies in service, which is when you go through what looks like any time, but particularly when you're looking at some kind of recession or shrinking in the market or increased competition, you need to hold your critical customers closer than ever. And one of the things that you do is you engage with them to ensure that you, in, that you enjoy confidence and trust and they are continuing, going to continue to pay you on time. And you may need to up the level of intimacy through more service even through adding a few bells and whistles. This is something I think is very important. You perceive problem down the road, you think of other things that you can do gratis without charging more to make them perceive you as being a higher service, higher value supplier. It's terribly important. But if you don't add, the, I mean, if you add these differentiate things, don't they through then, love. But oh, differentiate through love. But if, they, if, if you, let's say, add some, you know, you sprinkle on some additional, mm. uh, I don't know, perhaps some additional samples, mm. uh, whatever it is, doesn't that then become the expectation that you're always going to provide these things? So the free? messaging is, we really care about you and we, want to, we know that a lot of people are saying to us that it's a tricky time, so let's sit down and talk about how we can make life easier for you. And during the process of that, you offer some insights and some support, which might be product, it might be engagement, it might be a whole bunch of things. But the end result of that is that you remain close to them in terms of how the transaction actually occurs, not a long way away from them where you only jump in when it's already become adversarial because they've paid you late. I mean, this, this is what's important, is that, is that the love comes early and often, yeah? Um, <laughs> it's terribly, you love, but the fact of the matter is that when we review, and we have these podcasts fairly regularly, when we review this issue, how many times is this point made? How many times is the point made that it's all about how you manage and sustain intimacy with your customer. Well, answer. we make that point all the time. The but the question, is, the question yeah. still is, if you then provide, you know, uh, you know, we, uh, in, in, as part of our service mm. so that you mm. continue to pay us on time, you, we will provide you with uh, five extra buckets of widget with every delivery. Doesn't that then become the expectation? Well, not necessarily of, Simon, so. let me finish. Yeah. Doesn't that then become the, the norm and the expectation that you will then henceforth provide that additional. Let me be clear, I'm not suggesting you provide free product. That would be an extremely bad precedent. I'm suggesting- then, then what? what? What should you provide gratis? Services. So insights into how they can save money by improving the quality of the transaction. Every, every time there is a delay in a transaction, whether it's because of an error or because of an omission, your customer has demonstrably going to incur additional cost. By monitoring that and understanding it and serving it up, you can show them ways that you can reduce the cost of doing business for them and with you. Yeah? 
That's the kind of love that I'm talking so about. So does the service then mean uh, like doing, but it can't just be doing nice immaterial things. They have to be useful for their business. Well, they're, right? they're, this is a commercial discussion. So the thing that you do that is useful saves them money or makes them money. Like what? What would be an example? An example, as I've just said, a transaction. Okay, another example. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the main example, because if we're talking about receivables, there is a certain cost of doing business. And if you have noise, the cost goes up. Compared to another supplier, your objective is to say, actually, doing business with us is going to be cheaper because of the level of attention that we pay to detail and the, the, the measurable reduction in the noise in our transaction. Okay, So that's something you need to grapple with. You need to train your salespeople to understand that issue and to have a conversation with the customer. And you need to serve them up with good data on how the level of inaccuracy and rework in the invoicing area is progressively going down because of the investment of time that you're making in improving your relationship with that customer. By serving that up and by constantly reiterating that, you engage them in a conversation about how they can save money. You demonstrate willingness to go the extra mile. And incidentally, you prevent them finding a reason that makes them feel good about themselves, but which enables them to hold on to their money, which is really the objective, right? Yes. OK, so we've, we've talked about um, uh, if a customer does kind of pay you late mm. and, and how to, uh, how to kind of reverse mm. that slippage that we've talked about. But going into this conversation, if your large customer sends you, uh, like, uh, and it's often a templated letter, you know, uh, due to the current uh, tough economic circumstances, we're going to have to lengthen our payment terms from 60 to 90 days. How should you respond to that when, um, when you just receive this as a notification? per se, because they, they make it sound like it's already a done deal that you're going to have to accept these longer payment terms, doesn't it? I think that's very hard. Uh, I mean, first of all, that's not, that's not a very good way to do business. But that's what frequently happens. Um, some of these customers, some of these large multinationals, they have thousands, if not tens of thousands of suppliers. They're unlikely to engage every single one of them in a conversation about what their payment that's terms are. That's true. If you're a relatively small supplier, they might think that they can get away with that. Well, the answer is, if you're close enough to them, they would discuss it with you before writing the letter. If you're not close enough to them to hear about it before the letter is written, then that tells you something about the nature of your relationship for a start, yeah? Right, so in other words, 2020, early 2020 in particular, might be that opportunity to start conversations with customers that you haven't had before. Well, we, th we absolutely right. It's about intimacy, it's about loving them early and often, but there's, but there's something else as well, because you know we've talked about um, how important it is to sustain and build customer relationships. and. What this demonstrates is that if you don't have that intimacy, you can't prevent these things happening. I think the other thing to understand is that from the customer's perspective, the reason they're extending their terms is because they're looking for a net benefit in terms of overall cash flow. And it's very likely if they're a medium or a large company that they will actually have calculated how much cash flow benefit they're looking for. So it can be, because remember, we always talk about being the first in line to get paid. Mm -hmm. Not everybody has to be paid according to the new terms for them to get that benefit. In fact, they will be assuming probably that some suppliers won't. So the answer is that you differentiate in such a way that you become one of the suppliers that they continue to pay based on your existing terms. Mm -hmm. It's possible to do that, yeah? With a proactive conversation. Don't wait for that letter to arrive in your letterbox. Well, ideally, you already have the intimacy with them that would enable you to know that the terms are going to change. Because if you're talking to them every day about invoice terms and you're dealing with any issues and you're validating prompt payment, it's very likely that the person you're dealing with is going to say, by the way, 
you know, from March, our terms are going to be 120 days. So you hear that, that immediately becomes a commercial issue. That goes right up, right up the pole. It goes right up the totem pole to your <laughs> general manager or your CEO or your COO, whoever it happens to be. And there's a conversation saying, look how important you are to us as a customer. Look what we've done for you to improve our relationship. We want to do these other things to improve our relationship. Yeah. But, you know, these are our terms and we want to stick to them. Yes. You know, how do we do that? You can actually ask them. How do we how do we do that? How do we do that? How do we become the supplier that you do pay according to the existing terms? You know, um, very interesting. So, um, is is there? How do you start this conversation? Because if you're okay, so actually, what you just said, you know, you should already be in touch with them and talk to them about payment terms every day. The reason you're listening to this podcast <laughs> is because you're not, yes. right? So, how do you actually then start that conversation? You don't want to wake sleeping dogs either. Right? In our, you know, when we t when we serve up a course where we try and educate a company and and check it out, by the way, on on how to get paid on time, it starts at the top. We we always say. Do we not? That if this is, this is not owned at the top, it's very unlikely that you'll be successful in achieving a steady relationship with your customers in terms of on-time payment. And the first issue is a cultural issue. Is the leadership of your business comfortable with having conversations about timely payment? Because actually, very often in many businesses, the leadership is not comfortable. Mm. In, in many ways, the leadership may see it as being an adversarial situation where if they talk about prompt payment, it may detract from their desire to talk about the features and benefits of doing business with them because their focus is likely to be growing the business, which is here, here are our products, here's why they're better yes. than the competitors, here's why you need to hire us, blah, 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 blah. Yeah? Yes. And they might see this as that. So they need to understand that it's a perfectly legitimate thing to have a conversation about timely payment. It's perfectly legitimate to have that conversation regularly and often. Um, and for the customer to be comfortable with that conversation if you serve it up in the right way. In fact, if, as we're, as we're describing, you only ever have that conversation when things have got to a critical point, and I think one of the things we're, we're perhaps considering is that next year it is going to get to a critical point for more and more and more companies, given the trends, then it's very hard to have that conversation yes. because, because you've got no history of having had it. You've never raised the issue before. The person you're talking to knows what you're going to be talking about, knows why you're talking about it, yes. and is ready to say no in 10 different ways, right? <laughs> <laughs> or is avoiding this conversation like the plague. That so, too. So, so in, in the first quarter of 2020, your priority there should therefore be to engage more with the customers. Well, okay, so which customers do you engage with? Let's say you've got a lot of customers. So there are two criteria that you use to select the customers that are going to get extra love. One is size. So Pareto, 80-20 rule, 20% of your customers will account for 80% of your profits next year. Which are they? Yeah? Mm -hmm. So make sure that those are the ones that get the extra love so that you can build that relationship and ensure that they pay you on time because that's 80% of your cash as well, right? Yes. Um, the second ones are ones where you perceive a potential issue in terms of a potential loss or a decrease in business or where you have a history of concern. Pick the most important ones of those and systematically learn to improve that, that relationship so the level of risk goes out of it. So big on the one side, risky on the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Deal with those two. And clearly, when you start that process, you might find you've got limited bandwidth, so be thoughtful about which ones you start with. But there's n it's, never, it's never too late to start that process. 
And what's really rewarding about it is as you start it, the customer will, will be impressed and will work with you if you demonstrate you're actually committed to making changes in the way you do business. You'll learn more and more and more about not just the way that you can do things better, but how you can do things better to, to delight and enchant your customer. New Year's resolution, get paid on time in 2020. Happy New Year, Simon. Happy and New Year. Happy New Year to you listening to our podcast. Drop us a line and contribute perhaps your own anecdotes or stories about how you are getting paid on time or perhaps getting paid late. Share your stories with customers who are extending their payment terms and times of crisis. We'd love to hear from you.